1: In the know, non stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing
2: Company.
0: Hey, uh,
3: hey, uh, hey, uh, hey, score. Score.
1: <laughs> All right, welcome in. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Executive Producer, Declan Goff. We just want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl before we die. Daily Vikings Entertainment. Um, and thanks to you guys who are watching the show on our YouTube channel with a TCL TV. TCL is one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They've got new TVs for you to check out at a local retailer, and they're delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Are you guys ready for this four-question
2: Friday here? Always. I actually start my Friday every morning with that McAfee video. It's my, it's my alarm. It's, yeah, just, it's just, just, just a skull morning, chant. <laughs> yeah, it's ready to go.
1: Just
3: auto-skulling. A lot of energy from Pat McAfee. More energy than you're comfortable with, Judd? No. More than I have personally.
0: Okay.
1: All right. I just can't do it. Well, the Vikings have a lot of energy for rotating special teams players. Here's the first question. They swap out yesterday, Britain Colquitt, for Jordan Berry, the second Australian-born punter in Vikings history. Hat tip to Darren Bennett from the early 2000s. Jordan Berry punted for the Pittsburgh Steelers for six years up until this year, and he becomes the Vikings' new punter. Um, I don't have a full head count going back 15 years, but basically, since Rick Spielman took over, the Vikings have been a revolving door of kickers, sometimes long snappers, and punters. Very rarely do you see the same trio or even like two of the same guys for more than about a year and a half, it seems like. Do the Vikings have a problem with revolving door special teams,
3: specialist guys? Yes, they do, and I think it's because they don't put enough emphasis or they don't realize the importance of things, for instance, holder. So so Barry can hold and did in, in Pittsburgh, so he might be fine. But as Ryan Longwell told us last year on the show, Phil, um, there's a difference between when, the chemistry that's developed in training camp between the long snapper, the holder, and kicker is important. And you can change that, but when you do, people do things differently. They have different styles. And I know it sounds small because you know what? I mean, it's a holder. What's the big deal? But it can be. And when you have a guy in Greg Joseph who has not kicked competitively, in a, don't think he's attempted a field goal in a game since 2018, and he hasn't attempted an extra point since 2019, and he was on Tampa Bay's practice squad last year, and he just went through the entirety of training camp with with, um, the same long snapper, with Cole quit holding. And punting. And now you're gonna be like, okay, week one's here. We're changing it. Um, I think that there was a and I understand Colquitt disappointed them um against the Broncos in that first game, the first preseason game. He was brutal punting. And I also get that he's not vaxxed, and they can say all they want about that played no role, but it plays a role. It probably played a role, it probably yeah. did play a role. But all of that being said. I think this whole thing that we will just switch out and they, they did this at long snapper late last year, right? Austin cutting is struggling. Cutting is struggling. We're going to let him go. uh, And we're going to bring in a new long snapper. And that guy was okay. But what happened? Dan Bailey started to struggle. And as Ryan told us, part of the struggle is people do things differently and, and kickers need the same continuity. So, I do think that there's a definite lack of appreciation for what these guys bring and because they're not football players, right? Like, this isn't swapping out a better cornerback. This is a very nuanced teamwork type of thing that you're upsetting. Um, and they clearly just year after year show, they pretty much don't care.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, in a perfect world, you'd have continuity and you'd have all of these guys operating. I do feel I agree with I mean, I, who am I to – disagree with Ryan Longwell who's right. said multiple times on our show the same thing which is you got to respect that continuity more than the Vikings do historically that being said i'm going to bring pff punter grades into Ooh. the show right now that's right you guys mm-hmm. wanted the pff punter mm-hmm. grades Football. i got them
2: for you right here <laughs> i didn't ask for them but gladly <laughs> that's okay time.
1: i will shove them in your face right now all oh, like pie so Jordan Berry has been consistently the 18th ranked punter the last two years each, according to Pro Football Focus, which is okay. you know just like slightly below average, just whatever. Right. Well, Colquitt was 35th last year. Ugh. Now he was fourth, the fourth graded punter in 2019. So I don't know, maybe maybe Colquitt punts better with fans in the stands. Maybe the adrenaline rush gets an extra <laughs> few yards. But I a don't Snickers know. Bar down there, I don't know. Could could maybe yeah maybe he goes <laughs> yeah. that route. Mitch the Mitch Berger route, but but according to last year's grades alone, the Vikings moved from the 35th ranked punter to the 18th ranked punter, and so um, I guess Jordan Barry, you got a week and a half to figure out holding chemistry with your long snapper and with your kicker. So figure it out. Looks like an upgrade at least on paper. And football, I think. To your point, I mean, if if Colquitt is unvaxed and Barry is vaxed, it just like the Vikings don't want to. They don't want to deal with a close contact situation. I know people hate when we talk about vaccines, but it's part of football life right now. Uh, It's a thing across the league, so... All right. Any final thoughts on Vikings specialists before we get to the next question here? Any other hot takes from you guys? Fire away. I mean, right. the one. Yeah, I, I, oh, Dex I, don't, I mean, oh, not really. I, all I'm saying is, deck. Come on, Dax. Come, <laughs> Come on. You got some. You got some punter teams. No, here's you got the thing with special now, teams.
2: Like, I don't want to make a big fuss over rotating a punter or a holder because it's a punter or a holder. It really. I don't think it's really going to make that big of a difference in your Super Bowl aspirations. But I will say. I will say, when you think about the Patriots, when you think about Colts, when you think about teams with consistent quarterback play, Aaron Rodgers even, what have they always had? They've had the same kicker for years. They had Vinatieri in New England, they had Mason Crosby in Green Bay. They've had all these, Gostkowski with the Patriots in their second run in their dynasty. And those
1: guys have had bad years, too, and they don't move off them right right in the middle of the season,
2: right? So I do think, yes, you don't have to sound the alarm over rotating punters, but there is something to say about the consistency with the best teams in the NFL who have been there for the last 20 years, and they've always stuck with their guy.
1: Especially on the kicker front, it always kind of feels like you're like two bad field goals away from losing your job with the Vikings. Sometimes it's warranted. Sometimes it's just unnecessary pressure. Mason Crosby had a meltdown season for the Packers one time like 10 years ago, and they brought him back. Hey, dude, you're our guy. It's all good. Correct. You know, you imagine, I mean, kickers are basically golfers with shoulder pads. Can you imagine every time you stand up in the tee box, and Declan and I aren't that good at golf, but you stand I, yes. up in the tee box and uh, and you've got like, you know, hey, if you if you hook this drive to the left, you're screwed. Yeah, well, uh,
3: you're fired or whatever. It would be tough. You got right. Zim, Zim there. Don't miss. Yeah. Yes. You better hit that ball.
2: <laughs> 50 feet cut. up in the air. Coming right
3: you're now. cut.
1: Yeah. All right. Question number two for you guys. Uh, no team has ever won the Super Bowl with a quarterback making 13% or more of the salary cap. Brady was like right on that edge last year when the Bucks won the Super Bowl. So I gave you guys a list here. Which quarterbacks... Under th- well, Pick one, I guess. Which quarterback under 13% of the cap do you think could win the Super Bowl? Well, two-part question. Which quarterback that makes over 13% is most likely to win the Super Bowl? And I'll give the audience the list here. Mm-hmm. And which quarterback under 13% do you think is most likely to win the Super Bowl? And I'm going to take Mahomes and Brady off the list. They both Thank restructured you. and they're Thank both for under the that. threshold. Okay. Yes,
3: they're way low. Thank you.
1: So, uh, the guys who are above 13% are Russell Wilson, 32 million cap hit. Kirk Cousins has the second highest cap hit at $31 million. Uh, Aaron Rodgers at 27 million. Matt Ryan, 27 as well. Garoppolo, 26. Roethlisberger, 25. So, of those six, which of those teams is most likely to win the Super Bowl? Let's
3: start there. Uh, I'm going to go with the Packers. I'm going to go. With the Packers, I guess I would put the Seahawks second. But, I mean, this is also a long list of guys that I think have no chance, right? I like, I've like i said this for years. Kirk Cousins, to me, is not a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. Matt Ryan, past his prime, makes way too much. So I will pick Aaron Rodgers.
2: Yeah, I'd probably go with Russell. I'm going to go with Russell Wilson. I mean, I Matt Ryan, Jimmy, Big Ben, even Kirk. Um, I just have serious questions about those teams. San Francisco a little bit less because I think that roster is good. It's just it's unknown. A quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo going to rebound? Probably not. And is Trey Lance the truth in year one? Also probably not. Um, but I feel better about that Niners roster. But in general, in terms of the guy that can probably lift it up, it's it's Russell Wilson and or Aaron Rodgers.
1: Yeah, I would put Russell Wilson and the Seahawks probably number one. I mean, they started so hot last year, and then they just got. Oddly conservative offensively, and then Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson had a falling out, according to reports, in the middle of the year and had to patch it up in the offseason. So if they can get things right, it feels like he's such a good quarterback, and if they can just, you know, lean into him more. Um don't sleep on the Niners, by the way. I know Jimmy Garoppolo is not the best quarterback, but that roster's mm-hmm. pretty damn good. That mm-hmm. salary though is so ridiculous. It is, but their team they have built a good team yeah, sort they're, of, they're in nice spite game. of that salary. I'm just and, and, and the cool. Vikings have everything go right, everything go right. They have a chance to compete, but I wouldn't put them right now on the same level as Seahawks. Uh, Packers with Rodgers, that, that, kind of, that feels really combustible. I would have to see that play out all season. It just kind of feels like, oh, everything's fine now, but the minute they lose a bad game or something, fingers start getting pointed. Okay, so of the quarterbacks under 13%, so that would be like $24.5 million cap hit. Not counting Brady, who has a cap hit of $10 million this year, restructured. And Mahomes, who has a cap hit of $7 million, restructured. Uh-huh. We're taking those guys off the board. Uh-huh. So Dak and the Cowboys, Derek Carr, Carson Wentz, Matt Stafford and the Rams, mm. Ryan Tannehill, Deshaun Watson, uh, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield, Fitzmagic, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow. I can give you more. What do you guys think? I'm going to say the Bills and Josh Allen. Yeah, I, That's I, a good one. I think at, at, at a $10 million cap hit and the roster they've built around being able to trade for Stephon Diggs, yep. that seems likely to pop above some of these other ones. I'm
3: going to give you Matthew Stafford, the Rams. Uh, Matthew Stafford, unfortunately for Matthew Stafford, spent his career with a dumpster fire. But I like him. He's good, and and I, he came into into U.S. Bank Stadium a few times, and like he thrived at times, and his team just stunk. Yeah, so I, yeah. I'm going to say with McVeigh calling plays for him, with a, with a team around him that actually looks to be pretty damn good, I think Matthew Stafford has a real chance to to escape the the fact that he is blanketed in in Lions' direct as being like oh, he's not really that good. No, I think he is good.
2: Yeah, I, I oh, like the Rams perfect. a lot too. Um, Stafford, I think it's a nice fresh start and a more better rounded roster, a better coach, and Sean McVay for the first time in his career. And then you have Josh Allen as second. Um, I I think both those teams are ready to pop. Josh Allen working for that second contract. You know, Allen and Baker Mayfield. Like, what what contracts are they going to get in in their second tier? You know, um, it, it, you don't want to be stuck in the quarterback purgatory PFF, Sam Munson and, um, and Steve uh, Palazzolo who have both been on this show. I had a big discussion yesterday on being stuck in quarterback purgatory when you're paying yeah. the ninth, 10th quarterback one or two <sighs> money. It's the worst spot to be in. So uh, I I'm curious what those contracts look like. I think Josh Allen ends up getting paid more than Baker will, but I, I am curious how the structure of both those contracts end up coming down.
3: A couple, By the way, uh, oh, go ahead, Jed quickly. Um, Kirk Cousins, if Kirk Cousins was was cap wise where Stafford is, think about his line, think about the offensive line, and that's twenty million of a cap hit. So so you ain't poor. But if you brought Cousins's cap hit for two thousand and twenty one down eleven million dollars to right where Stafford is, um, think about what you could have done around him with this team. Would, it would have put about. you in the Joe
1: Tooney discussion for sure, right? Yes. Or or trading for someone with a big contract.
3: And it would have put, put Kirk in a magnificent position.
1: Two honorable mentions here. Lamar Jackson's cap is $3 million, oh, yeah. and the Ravens have a really good team. I don't know that they're on the level of a couple other teams in that conference, Chiefs, but um, but they've built a good roster. And the Patriots had like eight or nine opt-outs last year. Yeah, They don't have great weapons, but Mac Jones as a rookie... That's how the Patriots dynasty started the first time. Tom Brady, game manager. Like, what's Where's you know who's this
3: guy? Give me blood cell.
1: Yeah. So I could see those two teams with with pretty good rosters around those cheap quarterbacks doing something here. All right. Question number three <laughs> is powered by our friends at Judd's favorite watering hole.
3: Surly Brewing Company. Minnesota's favorite IPA, which I was sipping on last night in the Loge box at <laughs> uh, at Huntington Bank Stadium. The Robert
2: Loge, Loge, Loge box. box. Loge. L, as was, in, was, look over there. It's a Surly brew. I was sipping
3: on a few Surlys last <laughs> night and enjoying myself while watching an entertaining Gophers-Buckeyes game. But yeah, Surly is the way to go. The football season's about to start. Fall is coming. It's time to visit your liquor store and pick up Surly. Crack open a Surly. Enjoy the IPA that revolutionized Minnesota craft beer. Don't settle. No, no, no. Get Surly.
1: And while you guys are at it picking up that Surly, also pick up a couple of these Vikings scratch game tickets from the Minnesota Lottery. So there's two of them. There's a $5 game that can win you up to $100,000 and a $2 game, a Skull game, that can win you up to $15,000 in great second chance prizes like Vikings tickets, etc. So get pumped. It's scratch off game time and say, I'm in to these Viking scratch tickets, must be 18 or older to play. All right, question number three here for you guys. ESPN.com ranked the NFL's top 100 players for 2021. So they're projecting, like, who are the top 100 players going to be this year? The highest-ranked Viking was Justin Jefferson at 36. Who do you guys think will be the best Viking in 2021?
3: Given what I saw in training camp practices, and, and he did not play in a preseason game, which, by the way, was very smart, Daniil Hunter is back. Daniel Hunter will be um, – I believe I believe he will have what uh, a season that would put him in, let's say, the top 15 going into 2022. Uh, he looks like he's back. And all, all the concerns that I think were, le- were legitimate concerns to express, um, I didn't see things in practice where I said, he looks a step slower or he's not moving right. He looks like he is going to dominate. And so if he can remain healthy coming off that neck surgery, I think he moves into a top 15 list going into next season.
2: Uh, For me, it's Dalvin. Uh, I I think it was important keeping him fresh and healthy. And I I think we're all kind of waiting, unfortunately, for him to hit that wall where... When a player has you know, X amount of touches, I believe it's the curse of 350 or whatever it is. I'm paraphrasing a little bit there, but eventually when every running back hits a certain amount of touches year in and year out, they absolutely fall off a cliff. But I don't think so with Dalvin. I, I think Dalvin is, is a damn good running back who can get more involved in the passing game too. Um, they did the right thing holding him out in preseason. I think he's going to be fresh and ready to rock, and I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook.
1: I'm with Declan on this one. So Dalvin, it's always about health with him, and now that there's an extra game... You know, It's even more likely that he's probably going to get dinged or something just based on how much the Vikings are going to use him. In fact, it'll be interesting to see. Teams might have to be a little bit more cautious because it'd be really easy with the Dalvins and the Derrick Henrys to just, oh, let's throttle down. Got that extra game. We'll keep throttling down. Um, but if they throttle down on Dalvin like they have the last two years and they, and they don't see him sit out with injury, he's going to flirt with 2,000 yards rushing. Last year, in 14 games, he ran for 1,500 yards. So so he was on an 1,800-yard pace over 16 games if he hadn't gotten hurt, and he would have scored about 20, 18 to 20. He had scored 16 touchdowns uh, even without those last two games, and he also caught 44 passes. So like, he's probably going to touch the ball almost 400 times if they play the full season with him healthy, and he's for sure going to go over 2,000 all-purpose scrimmage yards. And uh, most fantasy... Leagues are seeing him drafted as the second running back on average. I think Christian McCaffrey is still the first one. Not that fantasy like equates to reality, but I just think from a national perspective, Dalvin is emerging now finally into that respectful sort of top tier. Mm -hmm. And um, if he stays healthy, I think it continues and goes a step ahead this year. Honorable mentions. Eric Hendricks is one of the best linebackers in the NFL and just doesn't get talked about a lot. Justin Jefferson should be regarded as one of the best players. Um, I think there's probably another level to Brian O'Neal's game too, like another year of experience, second round draft pick. So we'll see there. They've got a lot of potential. I mean, even along the defensive line, like the interior, Michael Pierce. I don't think he's ever going to be rated like above Jefferson in a top 100 list, but Michael Pierce could do some big-time damage next to Daniel Hunter uh, on this defense. (laughs) All right, and the final question for you guys here, it's the would-you-rather question of the week, which we mix in. Okay. Would you rather have telekinesis, which is the ability to move things with your mind, or telepathy, which is the ability to read minds? Would you rather move things with your mind or
3: read minds? Hmm. I think I would rather I think I would rather move things with my mind because one I wouldn't have to get off the couch. Yep. And I don't want to know what people are thinking. Yes. Like, like I, I have no interest. Like if you don't like me and you're like, I hate Judd and I can read that. You don't want to know. Well, and it's not because it hurts my feelings. I just don't care. Um, so like there'd be so little now, now the interesting thing would be like if I was around a GM or something, then I could read his mind or her mind and it might be very intriguing, but I think I'm going to go the lazy route. I'm just going to move stuff around.
2: Dex, yeah, I'm with Judd, man. This is so easy for me. Uh, I don't want to be able to read people's minds. I think that's just a horrible abuse of power, too. You'd fall into a trap where you're just reading people's minds, and and they know how they really feel about you, and it, it would it would drive you insane, wanting to know, like wanting having that having that power. I would not want that power. And if I can sit on the couch and I can just open the fridge, and a seltzer can be brought to me with my brain. <laughs> That is the greatest thing I could possibly do. Or if I'm on the golf course and I can just move right. that ball a little bit more to get a little bit more oh. run. Uh, that's, just, that's cheating. Just, that's right. not really cheating un- if you un- have a superpower. Unethical. Unethical.
1: Yeah. I think yeah. I'm with you guys. Like I, It would be fun to read minds in some situations, but you'd also just be inundated with things that you don't even right. want to know. Just
3: useless information.
1: Yeah. But if I could like part traffic or eliminate a line of people or something... Or like I'm Declan really said, you know, me. I just don't really want to get up right now. I just, uh, just want that. I want that can of Surly to come, you know, just
0: lazy winds. migrating across the uh, living winds. room. Would be great. So I lazy think I'm, I think it's
1: a clean sweep for telekinesis here on Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. And that's a wrap on today's episode. Please click the subscribe button if you watch on our YouTube channel, and we'll give you daily Vikings videos in return. And if you give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts, it also helps spread the word about the show and support our sponsors if you want us to keep blabbing about the Vikings on a daily basis. We'll see you guys tomorrow.
0: This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone.